Welcome to Teacher Formation. I'm Erin Wibben. And I'm Monica Kowalski. We are teacher educators who believe in using current research to inform pedagogy. And in each episode, we choose a recent research article uh, to unpack and apply to teaching in classrooms. And today we're going to talk about a study that you actually authored, Monica, with one of our colleagues. Yeah, this is an article that I worked on with one of our wonderful colleagues at Notre Dame, Andrea Christensen. It's called No One Wants to Be a Loser, High School Students' Perceptions of Academic Competition. And it was just recently published in the Midwestern Educational Researcher Journal, which can be accessed online. And as always, we'll put a post uh, with a link in the show notes. I, I'm so glad that you ladies did this work um, and, have, and are being generous um, to share what you've learned. Um, so could you just quickly give us a quick summary of the article and what you found? Sure, okay, so in this study, Andrea and I interviewed a handful of high school students and we asked them to reflect on their experiences with competition in academic settings. Mm -hmm. So we just asked them about their whole lives, not just in high school, but to think back to times that they had competition in their classrooms throughout their career in education. And what we found is that, first of all, all the students had lots of examples of how competition was used by teachers in their classrooms. They all talked about it being very prevalent. Interesting. Uh, and interestingly, most of them did not like the competition at all. Hmm. We found that there were some differences in how they talked about competition based on a few things, based on, first of all, their own perceived competence or ability levels. Um, so high achieving students thought a little bit differently about competition than lower achieving students. Mm -hmm. um, high achieving students tended to pursue kind of optional competition things like they they liked doing competitive extracurriculars or comparing their grades with friends things like that right. um, lower achieving students were much more negative about the role of competition and really did not like it we also found that it depended on the stakes level of the competition so there were some lower level lower stakes competitions that weren't as big of a deal like review games in classrooms right. Right. But then high stakes types of competition, like trying to get into National Honor Society right. or trying to do well on a SAT or on exams were much bigger, um, much bigger stressors for students. So in general, we found that um, any kind of competition that was induced in classrooms that teachers were stressing competitions tended to be stressful or frustrating for high achieving students and tended to be a sign for disengagement. Uh, or avoidance of competition by lower achieving students is what we found generally. That This is so interesting um, because I would agree that we do see all of the things that you're talking about here specifically in this study in high school and then on down all the way um, into the primary grades. Um, and because what it sounds like you ladies found is that competition or um, focusing on the competition side of things isn't really a positive um, it seems for any of these students, could you convince me why any sort of competition might be helpful? Um, because I know that we do try to aim for mastery knowledge, right? So um, I, and I ask, I think because like I just said, um, we do see teachers playing um, classroom type games and we see teachers ranking students or having them progress in a competitive way toward a certain sometimes toward a certain goal. So could you give us a sense of maybe why crafting situations of competition could be good or maybe just done better? I don't know. 
What do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, Erin. I think that, um, you know, what you're asking is, can I convince you that competition is good? And really, no, I can't. I, uh, I think what I found in this study and, and kind of what my own assumptions going into it were is that I don't believe that competition is really ever a good thing in the classroom. I think okay. that um, a lot of teachers tend to use competition like, oh, let's have review games. Let's put up points right. on the board or, you know, one table is going to compete against another in something or um, we're going to, like you said, post their AR points or, you know, reading level points or how many books you've read this year and make a chart and see who's get, who gets the highest. And really what the research shows and what we know um, in, from motivation research too is just that anytime you are including social comparison like that, and um, encouraging this competition, it's going to have more negative impacts than positive. There may be a few students who seem to thrive on that, um, but usually those are your high achieving students that don't need the extra push. They don't need the extra incentive. And um, doing, doing that is probably, even if it is helping them slightly, it's going to be hurting other students more who are falling short in the competitions and it's hurting their perceptions of their own ability more than it is helping other students. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. And I'm not surprised by that <clears throat> at all. It just, it's just that we, I feel like many teachers and many of us um, who are also learners all the time um, know that even though competition isn't maybe the best, that it is a motivator, right? So it's kind of like hearing, that it's not necessarily a healthy motivator or a beneficial motivator, I think is probably um, an important revelation um, for me as even a teacher, a parent, um, a teacher of teachers, for sure. That's so interesting because what we found is that we, we do have this perception of it being a motivator, but what we found is that in many instances, it's actually not motivating them. So we asked students specifically about, you know, talk about this, you know, Jeopardy style review game you played in school. And the lower achieving students who were trying to motivate with that, you know, teachers are doing these games to try to motivate students, right? What they said was, oh, I kind of take, I I don't really pay attention during that. I kind of sit back and let the other students do it because they are going to be better at it. They want to have their fun. It's not for me. Yes, I can see that. Yeah, teachers are designing it for them, but they're saying, nope, I'm going to opt out of it, or I don't want to do that because I don't want to put myself on the line and potentially get something wrong or uh, lose something for my team and have them mad at me. Right. It's a sense of stress and anxiety about it that where it's not actually fun. Now, what I think, it, I, I do think that the games themselves can be fun, but the competitive aspect of it is not helpful. So what if teachers played a review game, and I've seen teachers do this, where they'll play a game and they'll have everybody write their answer on whiteboards and hold it up, and it's framed as a game, like the, the elements of the game are all there, but they actually don't keep score, and right. they, don't, they don't have winners, and they don't have prizes, and the teacher says, this isn't for points, it's just for us to, ha- to, to learn right. and have fun. And that's why sometimes I like these online review games like a Kahoot or a, a Plicker sometimes, which is another online way to do these things, where... Um, students are unidentified, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe you're going to still be able to learn. I think um, Peer Deck might do this a bit too, another online feature or another techie feature, um, that you can still learn and understand and get to the right answer, but we're not, we we don't identify students like one-on-one. 
Right. So there still could be some gamification elements that make it fun, but it doesn't necessarily have to be competitive in right. order for it to be motivating in that sense. Mm -hmm. Do you think too, and this is, um, this is another question. Do you think that this um, idea of competition is like a holdover from like a generation ago in schools a generation ago? Well, I mean, I certainly remember competition in school when, when I was a kid, and I, I do think that it's been around for a while. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just part of the whole, uh, the whole toolbox that teachers have in terms of like, what strategies do I use to get students motivated? And competition seems like a tried and true solution that, that everybody thinks of as being very motivating that, oh yeah, if we add a, co a competitive element, then they're gonna get into it and they're gonna really work hard for it. And what we're finding is that that's just really not the case and that in fact, it can be doing more damage than good in terms of actual motivation. Right, and as a teacher too, I'm thinking that um, competition doesn't ever uh, correlate directly probably with not like understanding or mastery either. So. Um, I, I would wonder that, right? Because if my whole goal as a teacher is to get students to learn, then I'm going to want to think about other ways to motivate them beyond the competition. Right. right. And so you bring up this idea of mastery learning uh, or trying to achieve mastery. Uh, and so one thing that that brings up is the idea of self-competition and Right. Uh, which is different than this normative competition where you're comparing against others and how you do. But there is maybe some healthy benefits to self-competition where students are encouraged to push themselves to mm -hmm. do better and beat their prior scores or yep, improve them. Yes. So I think I correlate that more to a growth mindset type of idea um, or a mastery approach style of learning where you're trying to improve and trying to do better for yourself. And I think that the degree to which there is competition there is sort of varied by the individual student. So some students have more of a competitive, competitive mm -hmm. nature and they will impose competition on themselves a bit more to say, well, I'm going to try to beat my score and make that kind of their own internal competition. And students who aren't as big on uh, with a, as much of a competitive nature to begin with, they don't have to put that extra pressure on themselves, but right. teachers can talk to them about ways to try to improve and, yeah. um, and try to okay. show growth. So we talked a little bit about ways that we've seen competition happening in classrooms and, and other things that we've seen. I guess I'm wondering about what good alternatives to competition you've seen out there or what you think teachers could do instead of, instead of inducing competitive structures in their classrooms. Yeah, and I think, I think something you just mentioned with the self um, competition or beating, you know, my last score is, is probably what I do see most. So we see this in places, especially in elementary schools, which is where um, my expertise lies. Um, specifically, when we have kiddos who are working with math fluency, for example, or AR, uh, which is accelerated reader. Um, and I think what's different about those or maybe why they can be um, a good thing is it's a self competition. So as long as these things aren't posted publicly, um, which I'm, I'm thinking maybe more problematic if we're trying to stay away from the student to student comparisons and competition, but if it's more of a private thing where kiddos know what score they're aiming for or they have their own fluency folder in math, for example, and they're starting to compare one another or to compare themselves 
each time they go rather, rather than comparing themselves to one another. Um, I think that I really encourage my students to do goal setting, just like what you said. So um, I think we can even go a step further than just comparing scores. So my favorite way to encourage teachers is to get encourage teachers in this way is to get students to be more self-reflective um, and some of our youngest students can do this developmentally third graders um, can certainly do it and with coaching even younger and my favorite goal setting um, is something called a smart goal uh, and we can do this in all the content areas but smart um, stands for is your goal specific um, so what is it that you want to accomplish? Is your goal measurable? How will you know that you've met your goal? Or what measuring tool are you using? Um, is it attainable? Is this something that will actually promote growth? So again, toward the growth mindset. Um, R stands for is it relevant? And then T, is it, is it timely? When are you going to start? Um, when do you want to meet this goal? And when do, you, when do you expect to see results? So you can have kiddos reflect on goal setting in a smart way rather than it just being about the number it can also be about the learning and I think that's exactly um, what you're saying here too. Right so you're you're suggesting using smart goals with students as a way to get them to focus on their own learning and growth and meeting their own goals rather than comparing themselves with others. Exactly so would you say that that for you too would be an alternative to competition or what other alternatives you know, can you think about, you've mentioned some growth, growth mindset. Is there anything else that you think would be useful for teachers out there to be thinking about? Yeah, I, I do think that um, personal goal setting is a nice alternative as long as the goals aren't, oh, I want my goal to be to be the highest in the class yeah, or the, to, right. to, to help to message those goals around personal improvement and not social comparison. I think other um, alternatives or other things to think about are encouraging collaboration which okay. is the other side of competition. What we found in this study okay. is that students liked, um, the, the things that they, that they liked uh, when they did like competition, they liked the, um, the ability to work with their peers and to uh, the, the social interaction that it afforded. So I think collaboration is the other side of that coin. That's mm -hmm. maybe the more healthy way to do it. So having students work together and you know, group accountability is one thing that's different than competition, but is important. I also think that teachers can recognize that students will have times when they do have to compete. So for example, you know, competing to get into colleges or- High schools even. Right, right. So, there, so it's not that competition never happens. Certainly high stakes right. testing can, can feel like a competitive situation. So I think that maybe even explicitly talking about and teaching students about coping strategies for how to deal with competition in a healthy manner mm -hmm. could be useful for teachers to, to recognize that even if you're not going to use competition as a regular thing in your classrooms, you have to prepare students for what it feels like to be in a competitive situation and how to manage the emotional um, baggage that comes along with that. So I think that that could be useful as well. That's a good point. All right, are you ready for key takeaways or is there anything else you want to add before we move there? Um, no, I think we've I think we've talked about the highlights and, and you know, our, our thoughts about this. And it seems that you and I are kind of on the same page with a lot yeah. of this. Right. <laughs> a good sense of agreement here that um, that I always think is nice. So, yeah, let's let's talk about about takeaways. Uh, so at, at first, as a researcher, I think it's a little awkward for me since this was my work. Mm -hmm. But as as a researcher, I think as a takeaway um, 
in the article, we talk about some ideas for future directions for this research, which I would love to do at some point, like doing some classroom observations, um, right. looking at achievement data in relation to competition, um, you know, maybe talking to teachers more about competition, because in this study, we only talk to students. So right. I would like to just expand on that and look at competition from other lenses as well. How yeah, about a researcher takeaway? Yeah, sorry to interrupt. Um, my brain went there too. So as a researcher and because my specialty is in the elementary grades, I was wondering would this study look any different, for example, if we studied fifth graders um, in a self-contained classroom who are together all the time. So would that change um, competition at all or add to it? So I'm just, I just wonder. Um, and I guess I ask because so many of our Catholic school students um, are with the same classmates pretty intimately for nine years at a time sometimes. So I'm, I'm curious if, it, if the data would look the same or different. Um, and I also, like you, um, am curious about the teacher lens. So I think that's an important way um, because I wonder if sometimes students are seeing things as competitive, whereas teachers might not have meant them to be. So whether or not, you know, everyone is on the same page as far as um, what a competition is or looks like and how much control teachers have over that really. So, yeah, no, I think that's great. How about um, as a teacher, what was your key takeaway from this? Um, I think that the best teachers I know help students be the best students they can be. And that is a very obtuse answer. Um, but I think the best teachers are data collectors and are able to um, talk with students about their strengths and weaknesses. And that I think when we talk about competition, a lot of brains, um, even as parents and teachers go to grades, for mm -hmm. example, um, because you I hear often not everybody can get an A. So now I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. But um, but I think the that the best teachers are data gatherers and the best way to combat um, competition. It sounds like what you're saying, too, is to gather that data and to be honest with students about what they know and what they can do and ways to help them um, become better learners. So not just to learn one thing, but how can I be a more successful learner? what is a successful stance for a learner. Um, it's to kind of take away that um, competition that it's only for one, that we're only learning this for one purpose, which is a grade or a ranking. Um, so I think that's where my mind is going to as, as a teacher is to say, how can I be a data gatherer and to share my data about my students learning with them in order to make them better learners, not just A plus students. Right, not just to track their data, but to actually use it in a way that helps them learn, not just to yes. see where they are in terms of the class. Mm -hmm. Right, how about you? So I think um, what I was thinking about with this as far as um, for teachers is um, just the idea of considering your teaching practices and how it impacts students who struggle the most. Mm -hmm. I think Competition is one of those things that a lot of teachers, especially teachers who went into teaching because they were high achieving students themselves and they loved school. Right. And they think about it as, well, competition is fun. I enjoyed it when I was a kid. I know some of my students will really thrive on competition and they will enjoy it. Um, and I just challenge that in teachers and say, 
which students are going to enjoy it. Is it just your high achieving ones only? And is, is it going to do more damage to other students who might need more and need it the most? Because um, I think this, this study clearly shows that the students who are not at the top of the class, arguably those who need the motivation push the most, are likely to be less motivated when competition is present. So even if something like that might be engaging for you and for a handful of your top students, I would say to choose a strategy that is more universally beneficial or at least proven to be successful for the students who need it the most rather than choosing something because you feel like students might like it to really question that and say, um, how do I know if they actually like it? How do I know if it's motivating and is it as motivating for those lower level students as it is for the high level students? Yeah, I think that's such an important point. And I think too, um, as teachers, our language matters a lot. And that's kind of what I'm hearing you say too, that how we craft the activities and the situations in our classrooms, we might have um, not necessarily some control, but uh, some input into how students are seeing what we're doing here. So our language, um, is our language encouraging competition? It sounds like we don't have all the control, right? Because students might compare grades beyond our knowledge, but that we can use language um, that might, um, I guess, head more toward a mastery or a, a comfortable learning environment rather than a less comfortable one. Good, good. What about your takeaway from the Catholic perspective? What are you thinking here? Okay, um, from the Catholic lens, um, I think I'm really just drawn to the idea of community and building community. And um, to me, competition seems like the opposite of that. Uh, and so that's, again, I, I talked before about how you can contrast competition with collaboration, which is a more kind of community-based approach. And so I think I tend to, to think through that in our Catholic schools, we want to foster strong faith-filled, uh, engaging communities of learning. And I think that um, focusing on collaboration instead of competition is a healthier approach and more aligned with our Catholic values than competition is. Yeah, I, I definitely agree there. And I think too, for me, I just kept going back to this idea that we're all made in the image and likeness of God. And um, we're all good. We're all, there, there are so many things about each of us that are different, yes, but equally valuable. Um, and so I think that this study makes me think harder about how I might encourage teachers or classrooms to be places um, where every student is encouraged to be who they're made to be, um, rather than um, judged to against each other or only toward a standard where, their val where the value of that student is only measured in that one way, but rather I would hope that our value is seen um, for our humanness and our individuality. So that's what I'm thinking too. Lovely. Well, thanks, Erin. Well, thanks for talking with me about this article. Um, thanks for sharing it. Yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed this. And um, if any listeners out there have any thoughts on this they want to share, get in touch with us, uh, leave a review or rating for this podcast, and we uh, hope you enjoyed listening. Thanks, everybody.